Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Round one, finally. It does yeah. feel like the end of the off-season. Oh, look. Nab, nab challenge is always tricky because it's like... It's a nothing. It's it's watered down bloody sugar water when you're used to heroin. Yeah, but it, even when they had the trophy, you know, be it the, the Wizard Cup or the Anzac Cup or uh, Nab Cup, at least there was something. Um, but well, yeah, it, a few teams took that pretty seriously, like um, Western Bulldogs, North Melbourne, St Kilda, because they needed the money. Well, actually, St Kilda are the reason I think that they got killed um, when Wizard were doing it, because Grant Thomas and Lenny Hayes held it up, looked like they were at a funeral when they held up the cup. I think they won it a few years earlier, and they they printed shirts, they had the whole yeah, merch gear. I know they did because I know uh, Tony yeah. B had a, a minor, not minor premiers, um, night premiers. Yeah, that's the other thing. It used to always be the night premiers too, wouldn't mm. it? Now they play day games. And really, do you reckon they ever have reunions about that? Like, yeah, we've got a night <laughs> premiership reunion. It'd be whogivesafuck.com. May as well. I mean, if there's no living premiership players left, and I think there's still a few, but why not? And that's why I remember when the Bulldogs won it. It was worthwhile celebrating because they're a club that hasn't been to a grand final since the 60s. Mm. You may as well fucking celebrate something. Oh, look, if... if Trophy cabinet's bare, or it's you know just got uh, one old battered fucking cup there, and you get to add to it in any way. Yeah, why not? Fucking go nuts. Fucking yeah. Um, but anyway, we're left with what we have, which is fuck all, um, with the NAB challenge. But I watched the highlight tape that uh, the AFL put up, you know, their top 10. Mm. They usually do, during the season, they do top 10 plays of the week, but this was top 10 of the off-season, or the pre-season. And it was all right. The top 10 was all right. It wasn't much beyond that, but, you know, it, it was something. Yeah, there were a few surprising things, like um, Melbourne had a, a brilliant pre-season. Yeah, let's not get too excited about a brilliant pre-season. Cause hey, we, like we've been saying, if, if the trophy cabinet's been yeah. there for a while, you hang your hat on whatever you can. Because when you say that, Carlton, I do recall, won the night premiership and the wooden spoon in the same year. Yeah. But, you know, these things can oh, happen. memories. But um, there was... The other thing was, uh, like, there were a few standouts. Um, that we got, and uh, I thought uh, Weedering at Carlton, geez, he, he looked set as a key mm. position backman, mm. um, especially in a team that didn't uh, fare that well in uh, at least one of their games. No, they had a shocker against Hawthorne, and I don't think he played. Um, but in the other two games against Essendon and whoever else they played, um, he looked really solid. How good is he going to be when he changes teams next year? <laughs> now, now, give him a two-year deal. I think the rookies usually start with two years, unless next year he signs on for 10 years, 10 million at GWS or some shit. Oh, there's already people calling his number for sure, because Backman, built like him, that can read the play like him, you can name your own money. Doesn't look nervous at all. No. Do you, um, by any chance, did you watch the documentary? Uh, Carl- Stop you there? No. Okay. It was a Carlton, it didn't, oh jeez, I can't remember what it's called. It was only a half hour or so um, on their, their pre-season with uh, Brendan Bolton and the rookies. Um, I think it was called, geez, The Journey or something like that it was called. It was on uh, Fox Footy. It was interesting, um, but he took all the rookies down to Tassie, where he's from, for a couple of days, you know, take him away. Mm. He's very impassioned with his uh, speaking as well. He's not, doesn't come across as nervous or anything like that, like a first-time coach, but the same time I don't think you'd put a coach who goes through the rigorous interview processes to be nervous afterwards like he's very yeah. confident well and he knows he's set for at least six months after all who the fuck is going to replace him well I think you got no expectations for this year no. none whatsoever if they <laughs> lost 
22 games, I reckon you still go, yeah, fair enough. Well, it's on the cards, let's be honest. Well, there's Essendon. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure on that. Essendon are hungry, at least, because uh, their players are playing for careers. We'll put it this way. When it comes up to they're playing Essendon, I'm picking Essendon at this stage. Yeah. But uh, I think that if they went 0-22, and, and you can say, you know what, but Weedering was really good, and Cripps improved, and they found somebody else that we don't know, you go, yeah, all right, that's not too bad for Carlton. Plus, they got the number one draft pick coming up. Hmm. So he's got zero expectations. Um, if he goes 0-66, okay, we start to think, you know, what's going on there? How do you reckon they've set up his contract? Do you reckon they've back-ended a bit? It's like, all right, every, you're only getting paid 10 bucks, but every win's a 100 grand bonus. <laughs> you're like, fuck, how am I going to live on 100 grand a year? I gotta say, I, I don't think you could really take that one. <laughs> you'd, you'd be pretty cocky if you did. Um, do you reckon, like, is let's say it's 500 grand. Um, I don't know. That sounds like a good enough number. And you reckon they go, oh, yeah, if you make finals, it's uh, 2.3 million. You might as well make it 2.3 billion. Why not? It's, it, just throw a stupid number in there because you're, you're not going to do it. it. It's just not. Unless 12 teams get uh, an Essendon style scandal, <laughs> could uh, happen. it ain't happening. I just, I'd like that if half the competition was involved in a scandal and one of them is not Carlton, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it'd be the well, first time that's ever happened. If half the teams get knocked out, they'd probably just promote the VFA, uh, VFL teams. And I reckon they'd still do Carlton. Uh, I think some of them might. Some of them might have, especially if those VFL t- or VFL teams are full of ex-Carlton players. <laughs> I think they'll give them a pissing. Well, yeah, that's the way it is. Every time you play against uh, Carlton coming from Carlton, have a blinder. Well, I th- we'll get into it, actually. We'll go through a yep. bit of a round one um, preview. Uh because we haven't got games to review besides the NAB. Oh, that's all right. That was the other thing I wanted to mention about the NAB challenge. Uh, Tex Walker now owns the record for the most super goals. So uh, it just happens that every time you kick a super goal, you get, is it 500 bucks or 1000 bucks worth of footies? Yeah. Courtesy um, of NAB? I know North Broken Hill Footy Club have had to build another shed to <laughs> keep all the footies. It's always, always the way. Because um, that is our local club back in Broken Hill, the, the North Bulldogs, which is Texas club. Uh, I think they've been good for... Two or three super goals every single year for old, old Tex. He's done well for them. Bloody earth he has. He's done fantastic. If I, they should start selling Guernseys with whatever number he wore. Probably 14, I'm going to guess he wore, because that was his old man's number, and that tends to be how things go in Broken Hill. Yeah, whether so, you had a choice about it or not. Yeah. Um, so uh, they should start selling Tex merch. See how they go. Uh, give, I'm sure they probably do. Give the give the latter cut or so, or, or send it down to, to Wacky and, and Marg. You know, wacky over at whatever business he's running this week and Marg down at the hairdressers. I think I told you I got two years' worth of free haircuts from, from Tex Walker's mum. Yeah. I, I saw he had a, a crack at uh, TV presenting as well. Generous saying he took a crack at it. Well, as a TV presenter, he makes a good footy player. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have seen more lifelike on uh, actress, actors or actresses on The Bachelor. But <laughs> um, it was for an important cause anyway for the, for the locals, but... Bloody earth, well, they've got no water, so yeah, it's getting behind it. tends to be important. But anyway, let's have a look at round one. And we're kicking off the season with uh, Richmond and Carlton uh, again. And we got we got our tickets for it. I'm glad, because it's the only game I'm going to this weekend. Bumper four-day weekend, and I'm bloody driving for two of them. The thing with this, Richmond were walking wounded in the preseason, and they're going into round one with quite a few injuries. But you're still going to back them against Carlton. Still, are. see, you're right. However, there is one big injury, and that's Delidio. He was announced yeah. today; he's not playing. And Richmond, I think, lose eighty percent of the games he doesn't play, or eighty percent of their losses are when he's not playing. Something like that. Yeah, which means twenty percent of the time they win. And I guarantee you, against Carlton or <laughs> Essendon, that's going to be part of the twenty percent of the time. You certainly hope so. He might just be thinking, "Oh fuck, I'll rest, lads." They might even play fifteen players this weekend and still win. I reckon if you're up by 100 at half-time, I think that should be a rule. What, you swap Guernseys? No, no, 15 players. Just drop a couple. <laughs> Handicap players. Yeah, until they get within 10 goals, then you can go back out there. Or, you know, leave some of the odds kickers out there. Why not? I reckon you could get away with that. Um, they have a, So, Delidio out is one bad thing for Richmond. The other bad thing for Richmond is Yaron's out too. He's got um, surgery, so he's going to be out for a little while. And we all know how good ex-Carton players are. When so, the play gets Carlton, yeah. So they've they've dropped two trumps there. That's going to be a struggle for them. Well, Sean Grigg might get back in the side, though, which will be... He should be playing, but 
Yeah, he's okay. Well, you know, as long as he, he's got the crowd on his side. Always. Um, it will be interesting to see what the crowd numbers are like, considering, like we said, Carlton are hiding nothing all year. Well, if they had have had a good preseason, you might have got some optimistic supporters will turn up. But as it is, it's going to be all Richmond just wanting to see a percentage booster and an absolute fucking hiding. Keep your eyes off the screen. Which team do you think is the longest odds this weekend to win? Essendon. Yes. You know what's amazing about that? The longest odds team... Actually, no, it's Brisbane Lions. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I had to cycle down the page. But Essendon are second, and they're playing Gold Coast. Since when were Gold Coast the second favourite for a, a round of footy? Anyways. Uh, much as long as Ablett's in there, they're in with a shot. <laughs> he must be playing then. That's the only thing. Well, yeah. And it's up there. Um, so, look. Uh, Richmond? Yes. Oh, far and away. Um, I haven't been listening to SEN, but uh, KB usually picks Richmond by 115 points in round one each week, uh, each year. I think he might be on the money this time round. He might even be generous. Um, I I can't see Carlton scoring more than four goals. That'd be interesting. Like, I, they could definitely be on for an extremely low score. Um, so if you're a Carlton fan, uh, feel free to give me stick if I'm wrong, because... It won't be the first or the last time this year. Uh, if you're a Carlton fan, tell me, how are the Melbourne Victory going? Because <laughs> let's face it, you're not really committing to football season yet. No, you're probably going to just wait a little bit and see uh, how many other teams get savaged by injury and look forward to the round you play, isn't it? Or you can uh, get your season tickets to the TAC under-18s to see, see who the uh, number one draft pick is for next year. Although I don't know what the TAC landscape's like at the minute and I don't tend to follow the TAC landscape until about five minutes before draft time. Oh, I'm an expert five minutes after draft time. Exactly, that, that as well. Or, or four years down the track when you know you say, you know, instead of picking him, you could have picked this guy who went number 50 on a brown low. I'm good at that one. Yeah, it's brilliant. Going back, looking at 10 years worth of uh, revision, revised drafts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, that's uh, Richmond. Yeah, Richmond going to win by lots. Um, on to the second game, which is on the Saturday. No Good Friday football again, which is an interesting um, idea. Fucking, I, I don't get it. I do not understand it at all. There is no reason um, now for it. Um, the, I think the latest excuse that come out is they don't want to take away from the Good Friday appeal in Melbourne, which, well, there's two obvious arguments for it. One is add it to the Good Friday appeal. Yeah. Because fuck it, people will watch and they'll donate more money. and you can People do... will turn up to a match and throw five bucks at the salvos. Look, remember last year when they did the um, freeze for um, Danaher? Freeze for a cause. Freeze for cure. M, uh, neuron disease. Hmm. Um, run that and put a phone number across the bottom and get people to donate You know, during half time. You're going to make a fuck ton of money. They raised crap tons for that. Or the other option is play it interstate. You know, have uh, Sydney versus West Coast and call it the 10-year reunion or rematch from their grand finals in 05 and 06. Um, There's lots of options there. But as it is, uh, I did notice during the week on uh, Fox that uh, the NRL are playing a grand final replay on Mm. Good Friday night. The thing that worries me the most, being a North fan, is that for decades, literally decades, North have been petitioning for a Good Friday game. Yep. Which means the longer it goes, the more likely that they will do it, and North won't be involved. <laughs> well, they've just got back into the Friday night things this year, so... They fucking pioneered that too. I don't know. You can't own a day of the week. It's not like Anzac Day. At least Anzac Day is only once a year. Hey, we pioneered the first elephant of the game too. Didn't, <laughs> didn't turn out so fucking well, but... Yeah, well, you've got to start you, somewhere. You take good with the bad. You don't know these things don't work unless you try. <laughs> How could they know that an elephant on an AFL ground was not going to work? How could they know? Well, See, you don't know, do you? Well, in fairness, they didn't learn too much. They did hire Mick Martin after that. Um, but I, I still say elephant at fullback, Packy Derm, was a great positional move. Oh, it couldn't be any worse than the, the regular Derm at Collingwood. Um, <laughs> but Melbourne hosting GWS. This would be a great game. Um, Look, um, GWS are heavy favourites. Uh and when was the last time you can think of GWS travelling interstate to Victoria and being favourites? Yeah, there was a few times last year. When I say a few, maybe two. Um, but they're not the, the easy beats anymore. And now you've got Big Mummy back. And by all accounts, it looks like he's dropped a kilo or two as well. So trying to not, I wouldn't say keep, make himself more mobile, but certainly trying to make himself more durable. Well, without the sub, they, they need that. Oh, he's a brilliant ruckman. He can ruck mm. all day because he doesn't um, he doesn't need to cover that amount of ground. But... I think 
Yeah, I think the best tackling ruckman going around. Too. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely back that. Jesus Christ, when he tackles, he makes it worth it. I think the advantage he has, too, is he's not expected to move around the ground. Because uh, GWS is such a young side, they've got that uh, gas tank. Like, yeah. They've got the youth the, the energy. The kids do. The vitality to keep running and running. So he can be the old general who just sort of goes, yeah, lads, you, you run and chase that fucking ball. I'll just wait until it's out of bounds. Um, they do go into round one without Cam McCarthy, obviously. Um, yeah, that sucks. I don't think he's going to play this year. And without Jeremy Cameron, who gets a rest until round five. Um, so that's going to hurt their scoring a little bit. Yeah, um, although Dawes is out for uh, Melbourne. So that helps Melbourne, yep. <laughs> yeah, other than that, they're, they're missing a few guys, but... Um, I don't think Petrak is ready yet after his uh, I think he, NBL uh, trial in the off-season. <laughs> I think he's um, less than popular at the moment, but... Um, there was a good couple of articles about it where I've, I think Petrak himself said um, to call it, you know, after the incident where he tried to dunk a ball or whatever and injured yeah. himself... He said, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a conversation with the coaching group. Well, call it a conversation is a bit unfair. It wasn't. <laughs> so he knows his place. Well, yeah. As long as you learn that and I think uh, I think I saw in the paper today that Brayshaw's, um, he's fine. He's ready to go. So, I don't know. This this could be a, a small, the first upset of the year already if Melbourne get up. Well, when you think about it, Melbourne have some... Damn fine players. Like Brayshaw, got, you'd, you'd have him on your side. they got all the pieces. You've got yeah. to put it together. Um, uh, Vince? Not Vince. Fucking um, Jones, sorry. No, Vince as well. Bernie yeah. Vince. He's coming off a best and fairest winning yeah. season. Vince and Jones, you, you, they're a bit on, but um, you'd still wouldn't mind having them on your list. It does sound like top billing for a Guy Ritchie movie, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Vinnie Vin, Jones. Vinnie, Vinnie Jones, yeah. Uh, and then throw in Gorn, who I think had a breakout season last year. Well, it took him half a year to get warmed up, but it now did. no Jamar there, so the big Russian's gone. Well, gone and then come back hmm. because he's a top-up player for Essendon now. Well, but uh, he's going to have to shoulder the, the ruck load a lot himself. Well, Gorn managed to keep Todd Goldstein pretty humble in the match North Hay with uh, Melbourne. Uh, you talking about last year or in the... Na- last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the game down in Geelong where he really shone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where he uh, made his... Uh, his presence felt, but um, look, they got Viney in the middle too, and hmm. um, Garlett. That's who I was trying to think of. Kicked a beautiful goal in the NAB Cup. He did a- so. another former Carlton player who, who did all right last year. Um, so they haven't done too bad um, with their pickups recently. I don't know if Herdy Lumumba's ready. I think he's just off. Is he on the injury list you're looking at? No, he's not. So um, he, must, he must be all right. But I, I thought I saw him um, doing light work or something like that. Oh, he was just advising Malcolm Turbull. Maybe. Um, so who, who do you reckon? I, I think it's it's a lot closer than the odds we're staring at um, suggest. Well, look, um, if Melbourne blow out a little bit more, I'll put money on them. I, I want to get value for my money. Um, but it's their home ground. They're coming off pretty decent pre-season, which well, you know, is, is never a great indication of the season, <laughs> but it's a good indication of round one. An undefeated pre-season, as they called it. 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess well, it's undefeated. You, you celebrate your wins where you get them. Um, but as good as I think Gorn is, Mumford is oh, top five ruckman easy, and I think he can put a schooling on. You know what? It'll be a great little uh, test for Gorn early in the season, just to see where he's at and to see how Mumford comes back from injury. I um, want to see Mumford play well because when he's when he's up and running, GWS is such a such yeah, a better side. They look much more dangerous. He also gives their midfield a chance to get space. And so, they're fantastic to watch in space. So, who who are you picking then? I'm going with GWS. You reckon GWS? Yeah. I mean, like we said, no McCarthy, no Cameron, but I think Patton's back. And there's a commanding presence if there ever was one. So, as long as he manages to finish a game. And Stewart as well, who's their other uh, backup ruckman slash forward, who looks like he's still a couple of years away from being you know, um, in that top notch, but... Jeez, he's got some potential there if they can hang on to him. That's well, what, what I'm going to do is hang on to him. Well, that's been GWS's big thing because they know that they'll have a window opening for premierships probably in about another, let's say, three two. to four seasons. Yeah, two to three, I was going to say. So yeah, a little bit around about there. That. Um, if they can keep everyone together, especially, and, you know, keep everyone right and recruit well, if they get that just one clever veteran or, you know, one backline general who, who won't die on the field. I think this is the last year of Tom Scully's massive contract too, so they're likely to have a bit of space coming up. 
mm. um, which will help in retention, if not uh, in attracting new players. But I'm, I'm still just going to go Melbourne, though. I, I, I just feel like at home they're ready. Um, the loss of Cameron is such a, he's such a wild card. Mm, that's true. Um, I think that they're just more primed, whereas if this game was in round three, I'd probably go GWS. But I just think Melbourne, they've got some confidence about them. I think we both... Geez, it hurts to pick Melbourne in round one. <laughs> oh, it's always a risk, but um, you know it is their home ground, uh, and they probably will have some fans there. The I, fans won't know who the players are, but... Well, it's a long weekend. I hope they get a good crowd there. I mean, what's a good crowd for Melbourne GWS? 40? Oh, shit, that'd be spectacular. I'd, I think 40 is a good crowd. I would say 30 would be a good crowd. 40 would be... They'd be very pleased with that. 40, they can pat themselves on the back. Mm. Uh, then we move to the afternoon game up at Metricon. The Suns versus the Essendon Twos. Like we said, G, uh, GWS... Uh, sorry, Gold Coast going in as uh, favourites of the bookies, uh, which is uh, a little bit rare. I don't think Essendon are as bad as we first predicted when the... Um, sanctions were, were announced. I think they've done well with their top-ups. I do too. But I look at the sides and I think, all right, how many players are going to be in the conversation for All-Australian? And there's really only one. Um, out of both teams? Out of both teams, yeah. Yeah, okay. Besides Ablett. Um, I don't think Hevel's going to be able to do it. No, especially since he's not playing. Well, that's true. To, uh, Goddard, sorry. Very strong. I don't think Goddard's going to be able to <laughs> be in there. You know what? Because he's shouldering so much of the experience and, and he'll be... I think just about every play that Essendon has will have to go through him. Mm. So he might get on in, in that respect, you know what I mean? Like the best player in the worst side. Well, he'll have a license to be grumpy, that's for sure. <laughs> and he loves being grumpy. He does. He's good at it. Oh, he's got a coaching future, at least in country footy. Oh, how good would he be as a coach? Just Every the, conversation's a spray. Yeah, for the sprays afterwards and shit. Imagine if they won, he'd go, oh, it was okay, I guess. I think he'd still spray. You kick 12 goals, four. Four points. I know. He, he cries when they win. <laughs> That's right. So it could be interesting either way. It's emotional. He's an emotional footballer. It's good to see. <laughs> um, what would happen if a top-up player made All-Australian? They'd make movies about that shit. Well, let's say Crowley. Brilliant. I'd love it. Yeah, I think he's been robbed of an All-Australian Guernsey once or twice before. Mm. Um, you know, He's the best in the game at what he does. Well, he was. We haven't seen it for 12 months. What, be a shit? Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> Imagine when he does play Fremantle. What if they put him on Ballantyne? Oh, you know, It'll be a cunt-off. Obviously, he goes to Fife, but <laughs> I'd like to see him spend a quarter on Ballantyne. <laughs> Crowley's not the sort of guy where he'd put months into preparing to be a shit. So he might bugger off to WA over a weekend, bang Fife's mum, just so when they play, he's got something to say to him. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy that would do that, but he'd call her afterwards. You know, because oh, he, yeah. he wants to be a prick, but he doesn't want to, you know, let, let anybody down. Everyone says he's such a nice guy. Even when he's being a tagger, he's so chatty and conversational. And but that's worse. A nice guy. Yeah. Well, everyone who's played footy knows at least one guy who's like that. You stick a stand on you. Captain talking talk about the weekend and yeah. what's going on. You're like, would well, you shut the fuck up? Um, so, anyway, uh, you still got the Suns, though? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I will not back Essendon all year. I will. When they play Carlton. Yeah, and if, sorry. And I, don't, I don't know. If they host Brisbane, I might even back them then. Um, that's it, though. Uh, on to Etihad Stadium's first game for the year, which is the Kangaroos hosting Adelaide. Interesting game, this one, because Adelaide uh, thumped the Kangaroos in round one last year, but that was over in Adelaide Oval. This and, one's, and the year before. And the year before as well, in round one, was it? Yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it, because I think... North Melbourne's round one record is 0 for 6 in the last 6 years or yeah, something silly like that I believe out of the last 10 years I think we've only won 2 something like that um, so this would be interesting um, I saw the Hawthorne and North NAB challenge game and you can't put too much uh, stock in NAB challenge form but I was sitting next to my old man watching the warm ups North Melbourne could not have looked worse they were fumbly and just barely, not no, less than a jog. And I was looking at Dad, I'm going, they're going to get thumped here. Like, you could feel it. Um, because uh, Hawthorne weren't tearing up the park or anything, but they were going through a warm-up. Mm. North just, they didn't want to be there. It was like they'd been called in at the last minute and were resenting the fact. If I'd love to see the warm-ups before this game, because I guarantee it would be different. And if it's not, <laughs> then you've got to question 
what some people are doing on the football mm. field. But I mean, uh, no, Goldstein played that game, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were a nearly a full strength side. They were missing Higgins, Tarrant, and one other who uh, uh, Nahas. So it's nearly a full strength side, and they just looked ordinary. But maybe no. they were just uh, tempering their warm up. Nahas isn't really a best twenty-two. Um, you don't think? Nah, not with Jed in the team now. Jed Anderson, you put Jed Anderson above Nahas. Oh, easy. Just I would in, too. That, in that game I saw yeah. against Hawthorne, he was one of the few guys with genuine pace and hunger about it. He looks like he's uh, put on a kilo or two in the off season too. So Good. I have to agree. He was North's best on the night. I thought. Yes, same. Um, without uh, you know starring or anything like that, but mm. um, I did leave it three quarter time because fuck that. <laughs> Good thing too. Uh, both teams going in pretty much injury free. I mean um, Higgins and Tarrant are a test, but they'll play. They'll play. Um, the only long-term injury is Ed Vickers-Willis, who's apparently a gun that we'll never see on the footy field because he's always injured. Um, and Paul Hunt of Adelaide, which no one knows anything about anyway. Oh, and Curly Hampton. Uh, yeah, that's right. Curly um, Hampton's out for a, a good month or two, I think. Yeah, Curly's out for two months. Yeah, I, I liked him as a player at GW West, so it'd be interesting when he goes to the Crows. Um, just on the Crows, you say they're injury-free. I didn't see Dangerfield named. <laughs> yeah, so, he's... Uh, way on personal leave. Way on personal leave. All right. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. These, these things. Um, Cat's got his tongue. I think I'm still going to pick North, though. Lord. Odds are North should win. Uh, coming off a prelim against a team that, uh, well, didn't. Um, well, the Adelaide won a final. Yeah. Through Tex Walker. Um, he was the champion who won it for them. Good play to him. Well done. Top captaining. Um, but I... I'm always hesitant to back North in round one. Yeah. Well, the stats show. Yeah. A fair um, chance if you pick blindly against North in round one, you're going to do all right over the last decade. So if someone gave me 10 bucks, I'd put it on North, but I'm not putting my own money on there. Fair enough. Uh, but I still think North. Uh, at the uh, ANZ Stadium in Sydney, let's scratch out. Let's make it the SCG. Uh, that was a lovely move. Uh, I've always liked to see Collingwood um, just get <laughs> one under the table like that. Um, Sydney Swans hosting Collingwood at the SCG. Been a long time since they played. No, they played Collingwood at the SCG last year. What am I talking about? Um, that that uh, I think Brown got reported for them. Um, so Sydney Swans opening up at home, and I think they've got one or two injury issues in the off season. Um, but this will be a very, very interesting game. Because I think Collingwood might surprise a few a few people this year. I think their list is better than what it is has got wins and losses last year. I absolutely agree. Um, which means their list is there, and the, the the talents there. So if Collingwood aren't at least splitting the difference by around round twelve, got to say it's the coaching or the tactics. Well, they've just signed on to Nathan Buckley. Uh, get a one-year extension, so yeah, I think that gets him through to the end of 2017. I coaching like, contracts mean shit. Of course they do, uh, especially with a cash um, a club that has cash on hand, they can pay it out and not uh, not be too harmed. Mm. However, uh, it does look like that Nathan Buckley is going to be a success at Collingwood, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> he has no fucking choice in the matter. <laughs> well, yeah, you have a 50-year career, and eventually you're going to have a premiership somewhere. He's like he's like a bloke that's gone and cheated on his missus, and his missus has gone, oh, how about a threesome then? Like, he can't do anything wrong. Five years in a row, they've gone backwards on the ladder, but they're like, yeah, but we see that you're trying. Give mm. it a go. Come on. Get in there. You can coach. I don't know. I, I, he, I think if he's if they miss finals this year, he's gone. And if they're less than 50% by the bye, I don't think he'll be there at the end of the season. It's very interesting. I don't know what he has to do to get sacked. Well, it ain't bang Eddie's misses because, well, Eddie would probably just give him a coach on how to do it better. I was going to say, I think Eddie would only be jealous of his misses. <laughs> probably. Not of Nathan. Um, but Sydney are also their notoriously slow starters for the season. Um, they got up last year against uh, Essendon in round one after kicking, I think they kicked 10 goals for the day and kicked seven in the last quarter uh, or something to that effect when Essendon were out on their feet. Mm. And the year before... I think they lost to GWS in round one. Or it might have been the year before that. I can't remember. So they do pace themselves and warm up into the season as they go. So now is the time you want to play Sydney. Hmm. They do. They play every game with the intention of setting up September. Um, and that's the way Roos coached them. It's the way uh, Longmire's been coaching them. He doesn't care if they finish sixth, fourth, fifth, as long as they're there in the finals yeah, times. Or thereabouts. Uh, so if he smashes Collingwood by 20 goals but loses five top players to injury, he's, he's not happy. 
which I dare say every coach will be in the same uh, boat, except if you're coaching Essendon or Collingwood, uh, Carlton. A win's a win in that case. Uh, like we said in our pre-season primers, I picked Lukey Parker to win the Brownlow this year. So I reckon he's going to have a big game. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how that all-star midfield of uh, Sydney, you know, Parker, Kennedy, mm. uh, Jack, um, Hanabry. Um, I don't know if McVeigh's ready. Is he on the injury list there? Uh, he's got two or three, his, his knee, which whenever there's a knee... He, I think he's, yeah, it's a bit of a long-term thing for him. Well, too. when they say two to three at a guy his age with a knee, it really means that he's going to be playing with an injury for the rest of the season. Pretty much, yeah. If you're not right by round one, it's uh, you got to, how they say, you've got to manage it. Yeah. On your way through. Um, um, so I think Parker's going to have 35 touches and Sid, and Collingwood's going to win. Elliot's so he'll out, be best on ground and Collingwood wins. Elliot's out for Collingwood, which is... Um, Hurts their firepower up forward. It does, but Elliot can be a bit hit and miss as well. Yeah. Like, phenomenal talent, don't get me wrong, and I actually enjoy watching him play. Everyone does. takes screamers. Scream, he's a creative player, and he's Great one of those shits balance. that's... He, oh, he does have balance, and that's an underrated skill in the AFL. Yeah. I mean, the, as soon as you say uh, ability to keep your feet, you automatically go to Cyril Rioli, because there's no one better currently. But um, Jamie Elliott, his ability to keep his feet and keep his options open. Or even he like twists in midair so that he can land ready to go. Mm. It's, mm. It, and it is those times when the ball hits the ground where you've got to be up and go. You know, first hands to it is always going to be so important, especially, you know, 30 out from goal. Yeah, but having said that, he's not playing. Um, so that's... Uh, a negative for Collingwood, but um, and he he could be a long term injury too with I, his back. I got a feeling how is out as well, isn't he? Um, finger and foot. He's on a test. Um, yeah, I got a feeling he won't play. Yeah, it's a travel. So a, a lot of those sort of things. If you're going to be travelling, you might not. Um, same story with Goldsack knee tendonitis, which if if he's not right, you'd have to think you're going to rest him. Well, especially now Goldsack's a bigger out, I think, than Elliot or um, mm. uh, how. Because he, he is that general and that smart um, player around the back line. And the big X factor is Buddy Franklin. It's always Buddy Franklin. Because Sydney could have a shocking game, and yet he fires and they win. And they did it against uh, Port Adelaide a couple of times the last couple of years. Well, so, that's the thing. I, I don't think anyone at Collingwood can hold him. Well, there's very few players in the league well, that well, can. I think Frost usually stands him. And I, I don't mind Frost as a player. He's a good player, but he's still undersized. I mean, and he is not going to be able to push Buddy off the ball. Is Ben Reed going to run to him? Um, ben, ben Reed's got the size, but I don't know if I he has. I think the he's speed. actually out. Ben Reed's out as well. Let me just double check. I should mention we um, are recording this on Monday night, so the teams haven't been named just yeah. yet. So um, it's all speculation. He's got a calf test, which means if you, if the calf's not 100 percent and he's I down reckon, a yard, I reckon he, he'll rock up anyway. You know what they should do? Is put Jesse White down back. Make Jesse White play on Franklin. Because uh, fuck it, he's a liability up forward. Just tell right, him, yes. essentially, tag Franklin. He'll run you ragged and you'll be done by half time, but at least you've done something for a half as opposed to fuck all for a whole game. Well, do you reckon you put Cloak on him? Just call him an apprenticeship. Cloak? Uh, no. Uh, like, it, I think at quarter time, if Cloak is zero goals, three, and two out of bounds on the full, then yes. Because he's a liability if his kicking game is off. I actually want to see that. I, I think... Cloak is one of the few guys who could probably stand muscle-to-muscle with Buddy Franklin. Oh, without a doubt. Um, But uh, Franklin's probably got the reach on him, and he's certainly got the legs on him. Who do you reckon would be stronger? Like, balls kicked up, they're side-by-side. Who's standing while the other one falls? I think I'd give it to Cloak on strength. But the thing is, if Buddy gets uh, an extended arm into his chest, you know, with the elbow Mm -hmm. locked, you can't move it. And he's too far away. If they're both standing and uh, not giving an inch, um, then Buddy just reaches up. I don't think Cloak can reach it. I, I think Buddy's got about six inches uh, in reach on him. I think Cloak would be dirtier, though. I can see Cloak uh, looking around for the umpire, grabbing a fistful of jumper on the other side and pulling him away. I think Cloak would be intentionally dirtier. Yeah. But Franklin would be dirtier by accident. Like He wouldn't mean to, but he'd elbow him in the head. Oh, there'd be a few you know, rib elbows, a couple of jumper punches... And, you know, Cloakie may even go the old squirrel grip, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. If the ball's in front of them, then it's Franklin's all day. I was trying to, when I was doing my tipping earlier, I was trying to talk myself into tipping Collingwood because I just thought that they'd sneak up on the Swans. But the more I look at, they need to be at their absolute best and have their best 22 out there in order to catch the Swans off guard. And like I said, it's hard to pick um, Parker 
to win a Brownlow, like I said, and 35 touches, like I said, mm. and then have Collingwood still win. But yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Fuck it, it's an upset. Round one, things happen. Well, the thing for me is, if Franklin gets good delivery, he's deadly. And the midfield that Sydney have got, he should be getting lace-out delivery. He should be, but kicking in Sydney is their fucking uh, Achilles heel. They are atrocious. Mm. And the thing about Franklin is you can kick it um, shit house to him. I disagree that he needs good delivery. I think he can take shit house delivery and make it look good because he's so versatile around the ground. My worry with him um, is if they decide, you know what, we need him to play up the ground more hmm. um, because he might look more dangerous and his field kicking is pretty good, but he is slow in uh, ball from uh, hand to foot or for the handball. He's not a quick release player like a lot of the inside midfielders need to be. You know, you've got to uh, get it and give it. Whereas he is a get it, right, I'm going to run, I'm going to take a bounce, and then I'm going to kick it 65 to a target. Yeah, but he's not a quick transitional player either because after he does that, he'll stop and sort of go into a cruise jog to get back to position. I don't know. I think he, he out of all the key forwards, he is one of the better chasers. Yeah, no, I can say not, that. I, I see what you mean, though. Not that follow-up possession, maybe. Mm. Um, and a lot of that is because he kicks the ball so bloody far. Yeah, but that's true. if the forward 50 is open, you better damn believe it. He's following that shit up. Oh, yes. Loves a goal. Uh, Usain Bolt couldn't beat him to the forward 50 <laughs> in that instance. But yeah, I'm still picking Collingwood for an upset for some fucked up reason. Do you reckon there's a bit more sting in this game because of the Eddie Maguire versus Sydney Swans, Cola, and shifting yes, the game? Like every time. Every time. Which, that to me, is worth watching for. For, for the casual Sydney Swans fan that is new to um, AFL, they know that they're meant to hate Eddie Maguire. They all know that. And you know what? Sydney Swans should be thanking Eddie Maguire for that because it's not just who you go for, it's who you hate. Exactly. And you, the AFL's built on that. You're built on rivalries. And they've got one with Collingwood for no other reason than off-field shit. Which, hey, if it gets bums on yeah, seats, it's good all enough. good. Good enough. So um, Eddie, master marketeer as he is. <laughs> Anything under 45000 in this game is a disappointment. A disappointment for football. Yep, absolutely. And not the Swans' fault. That's Collingwood's fault as well. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I guess check check the weather because, you know, that, that can play a part. I won't pretend. Um, on to Sunday. Western Bulldogs versus Fremantle. And this could be the first blockbuster of the year. Mm. What an absolute cracker of a game at Etihad Stadium. Bulldogs play that ground better than anybody. Absolutely. So this is the time to catch Fremantle. Uh, Especially without Sandy. Sandilands is out. Uh, suspended. Oh, yeah. He got the the bump, didn't he? Mm, mm. That's right. He, he's got one or two weeks, do you uh, Two. He's coming back two in round weeks. two. Uh, Sorry, one week, so he's coming back in round two. I think Harley Bennell was under a cloud, but he played in the waffle on the weekend. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you're playing in the waffle the week before, then you're playing the AFL the week after. Well, I guess it depends if he's allowed to travel out of state. <laughs> you know, he, he might have a, a meeting with a parole officer or something. I shit. have no idea what you mean. <laughs> um, Allegedly. No, it would be good to see how he goes in, in the, the the purple. Uh, or the white, I guess, they might be wearing. Who knows? Um, it'd be interesting to see how he slots into the, a very regimented game plan at Frio as opposed to the free-running, free-wheeling Gold Coast days. I think he could be spectacular for them. I hope so. I mean, he should be the X factor that they've been missing mm-hmm. um, and a lot of run that they've been missing. Oh, even with the risk, any team should have been putting their hands up to get him. But this Bulldog side, I think, surprised everyone um, last year. And they will be absolutely full of confidence going into the season opener. Uh, is Tommy Liberatore, is he back in? Yes. Yep. Fantastic. Um, Bulldogs are actually entering under no injuries. Uh, they've got a couple of tests and a, a couple of, you know, uh, to be tested and whatnot. But um, the only potential injuries are both Smith, Dixon, and Campbell. And they should all be right. Okay. And. and- yeah, Campbell maybe best twenty two. Yeah, Dixon. No yeah, one there really best twenty two. You're not super missing, but when you look at the Bulldog side, there are a couple of stars like in in the midfield. Oh like, well, Bontepelli, Wallace, and Libertore, but they've got solid players on every line. And premierships are made by your average. Yes, like yep. uh, the average skill level of your team. And so while the Western Bulldogs, they don't have many players that walk into every other side. They have many players that could fill that more than handy more than handy slot yeah um, players that you go yes you are best 22 not is he or isn't he no I think they're best 22 they're probably you know there's 17 to 18 that are in that yep they're in mm. um, spot which you're right it is that sort of that mean level they're a team of solid performers yeah. like uh, with a couple of stars yeah it's pretty rare you'll go fuck he had a shocker um, they're one 
They've got no butchers. <laughs> they got Liam Jones. Oh, no, yeah. they got rid of Liam Jones. Well done, Bulldogs. Well yeah, done. Nice one. And they got rid of Jared Grant, who was another patchy one. So got, I think Stringer this year could stamp himself as an absolute out-and-out superstar. Well, he's um, already a fan favourite. And if you're a fan favourite Western Bulldogs, you've got a career there. <laughs> They're never getting rid of you. They, they love their uh, favourite sons. They got uh, Easton Wood and Bob Murphy down back, but they do just need that one key backman um, to stand up. Now, they lost Talia. Um, in the off season, but they recruited, God, I've forgotten his name now. Um, Collins, sure. Let's go with that. Um, in the draft, who is a mature age key position backman who looks ready to go, but I haven't seen any of his uh, preseason form, so I don't know if he'll be playing. But hopefully, you'll get a game during the year. They look. They could sneak up. I think on Frio. I actually reckon they will. Jeez, um, at this time last year, you'd have said. Bob Murphy, he's going to have a great season in 2016. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you'd be stared down. You, Mate, are you fucking serious? It looked like they gave him captaincy as a long service award. Um, and he turned it into an all-Australian captaincy. So it's not a bad fucking effort. And he grew four more testicles or something. like Something um, like that. Whatever he's, he's changing his diet or the leadership just agrees with him, fucking stick with it because he had a blinder last season. Um, bottom line, West Coast. Uh, sorry, Bulldogs or Fremantle? I'm on Bulldogs. I, I reckon they can do it. I think so too. But I think I'm setting myself up for a fall. But anyway, Bulldogs. Um, Adelaide Oval uh, gets the first look at Port Adelaide and St Kilda. Port Adelaide got a lot to answer for for this year. 2015 sucked. Yep. Uh, if you're Port Adelaide. And look, uh, best forget it. They lost to the teams ranked 18th, 17th and 16th, um, I believe. Uh, so that's not a great year. Um, however, they beat Hawthorne twice, which just doesn't make sense. They've got big Charlie Dixon down forward, and it, I don't know if you saw his form during the uh, preseason, but he had a lot of aggression to get out somehow. He wanted to push anybody. didn't matter how close they were to the ball or play had stopped. He goes, I just want to push you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's trying to show he's hungry, um, you know, especially with a um, bit of a crowded option at forward line. Um, he wants to stamp his authority. And look, bloke can play. I don't think that's a, a question anyone needs to ask. If his head's in the game, he can play. Mm. Um, that's just I, I think that he could be one of those players where he's had a few off-field things, and they weren't massive off-field things in, nah. up at Gold Coast. I mean, he got in trouble for having a glass of wine the night before a game, which isn't, you know, it's not going out on the piss and rocking it at 3 a.m. Well, it's not fucking off and getting your jaw smashed in half like no. Cracker did. It is just having a glass of wine with dinner, essentially. And you go, okay. The rules are there that you don't drink before the game. You've broken that rule. So you get in trouble for that. But it's, you know, it's a misdemeanor. No, it's because he put ice cubes in the wine. And the coach is like, <laughs> fuck no. Yeah, but it's a Gold Coast. It's fucking hot. No. Like, actually, the game was down to Tassie, so <laughs> that doesn't fucking work either. Maybe uh, it's because he wasn't sharing the goon around. Mate, man, maybe it was just a shitty goon bag. And he's like, mate, have some fucking respect for yourself. But um, yeah, look, now that he has gone to a port and... Cracker has taken the heat off him by uh, <laughs> taking one for the team and getting fucking belted. What a guy. What a um, guy. A team player, that lad. He's done well. Um, will St. Kilda, you think, sh- show up for this one? Early in the year, young team, working into it a little? I want to say yes, but I no. It's hard to tip against Port at home. It is, especially when they've got something to prove and they've got a new guy like Dixon who can just... I, I think this is the move he needed to make. Yeah, absolutely. He needed to go somewhere, and uh, Port were desperate for another key forward because Jay Shooks is... uh, Getting on. Getting on. I thought he's very reliable, um, Jay Shooks, uh, especially with the ball in hand. But I think with this, he can start taking the the longer bombs. He can sort of play more a centre-half forward style position, and Dixon can just take those uh, 10, 20-metre leads, grab it and go. Um, Yeah. Paddy Ryder taking a holiday too. Dixon might need to pinch hit in the ruck, or he does yeah, he does the ruck in the forward 60-70, and uh, Lobby does the rest of it. Yeah, um, and plus, you've got to think of Port's delivery. Um, you've got Ollie Wines, the Greys. Sam Gray was, uh, he's, I think he was a rookie last year, and he, he was best 22 by the end of the mm. year, easily. And Robbie Gray's a freak that we yeah, all know. He's a freak, yeah. He, um, he's a top 10 midfielder by far. And all three of those are young guys. they got careers. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely match them against uh, St. Kilda's midfield. But uh, St. Kilda's midfield isn't too shabby, don't get me wrong. But Port's is finals quality. Yeah, I think Port have got a more complete list, um, or they will have running out on the, on the park on Sunday. So I think Port 
comfortably. Yeah, I, I don't think Porter are even going to tag St Kilda. I don't uh, think Armitage needs to worry about a run with. No. Uh, the, the only thing is if they make one little mistake and Saints can get them on the rebound. Because uh, running forward is no worries with Port. It's running backwards. They can get hurt sometimes. This is true. But um, I think they'll have too much ball um, in their forward 50 to, to let this one slip. Yeah, unless St Kilda just become tackling monsters and uh, get a lot of loose ball from Port spillages, I, I can't see them beating yeah, Port. I can't see it. That's the only way they can win, but I can't see it happening. Port easy. Uh, West Coast, Brisbane, holy shit, over in uh, Subiaco. Um, Kennedy kicks how many? Um Oh, 12. Uh, Kennedy versus Brisbane Lions. Kennedy? Yeah. Source merit. What's uh, what's he going to do? Well, it depends if he brings his own cheer squad with him again. I hope he does. That, that was fantastic to see. Uh, I love Source Bottle. I reckon yeah, he, he's, uh, he's the last of the old schoolers now that Brian Lake's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the old school backman, you know, that punches a bloke in the head and goes, oh, well, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Well, the umpire calls it. Like, All right, you got him. Now relax. All right, um, yep, I I got him. Whack. Oh, so, hey, that was a reflex. I <laughs> saw a fly. Um, <laughs> He'd probably use that excuse too. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Uh, Brisbane are in more trouble. Uh, Daniel Rich signed a big contract today, so that's a good thing. But uh, Dane Beams is out for a while. Clearly uh, their yeah. best midfielder. That hurts. Uh, Stefan Martin versus Nick Natanui. It'd be an interesting matchup. Both probably career best years last year or close to it. Center bounces. I'm going to give it to Stefan. Uh, really? Around- yeah, I reckon he's got the uh, the bulk. He doesn't have the, the leaping ability of Natanui, but I think he'll counter that by trying to time his run and just run into him. I think center bounces and Nick Natanui, but all stoppages around the ground is all Stefan Martin. Yeah, as soon as the ball hits the deck, though, it's Natanui every day. Um, there's a few guys who are a bit iffy, though. Zorko's out. He's suspended. Um, Rockliffe's hamstring's a bit iffy. McGrath's shoulder's out for two weeks. Um, and then you got Matheson, Christensen's iffy, and then... Yeah, Matheson broke his jaw, wasn't it? Cheekbone. Cheekbone, yeah. that's right. That was Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. He was um, a first-year player. Um, bit un- a bit unfortunate. West Coast, too, have had an absolute shocker. Dom Sheed went down today. He's torn his peck. Got 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, and Willingham's out for He's also three. had a dodgy knee for a while, so... Yeah. Uh, Willingham's knee, he's out for a couple. So um, Maston. Maston's out. Brown's out. Brown's out for eight weeks with a finger. That's one of those fucked up injuries. Like, oh, there's nothing you can do. No, and you can't play through it because you, you need your hands. Yeah, but um, uh, at least everything can, else is fine. At least you can keep your cardio up. Yeah, you can um, keep everything up, and look, you can probably try and touch. work the opposite side of the body. Um, yeah, I guess you could try that, but uh, you still can't play footy because you need both hands. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so West Coast by a lot. I don't think need to oh, say more more it, than that. So that probably puts West Coast on top of the table after round one, which would oh, delight the Western Australian media. They'll be calling for the premiership already, uh, like they did by about round three last year. So they might move that forward a couple of weeks. Well, look, they won't be the first uh, paper to do it because the Tizer will get onto port and call them premiership pl- favourites two hours prior. Well, there you go. Yeah, th- there's probably a good chance for that. Um, and finally, Easter Monday, Geelong Hawthorne. Um, last year, Hawthorne put them to the sword a little bit. I can't see that happening with Dangerfield running out there. It's going to be um, such a, an interest in the game for that alone. Well, look, Hawthorne are famous for being unsociable, and the Sirwoods are famous for getting free kicks. So it'll be 43 free kicks to two by half time. Um, and Dangerfield will probably rack up 30 to 5 to 40 possessions for the uh, game. Hawthorne have also got a few injuries because uh, Roughhead's out for the first half of the year. Shields is. She, um, Liam Shields has done something. I've forgotten what he's done now. I think it might be a hammy. So he's gone for a couple of weeks. Um, and I think they had wrist. a Shields wrist. Shields wrist. Broke his wrist. Mm. That's right. Um, and there was a few other players that are under injury clouds. but they, um, Webster's but, quad. He's out for four weeks. Ruffy, which we know his knee's out for a couple of months. Um, Birchall, Jurea, and Fitzpatrick are all iffy. And uh, Hartung. And I think Lewis was in that group as well, but they all played in an intra club today. Yeah, and Lewis, th- look, his calf is a bit iffy apparently, but it's one of those ones where he's probably just got a bit of a nasty corky. Um, yeah, but if you're playing in an intra club on Monday, yeah. it's seven days prior, I think you're okay. If they're really in doubt, then you're not playing yeah. in an intra club match. Um, so they all got through that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who fills in um, from. Uh, Last year's grand final side, let's see, you've got uh, two retirees plus Matty Suckling, who's out. 
Um, so add two more that have been injured. Um, and there's at least five spots up to grabs. And uh, mm. it's almost certain that uh, Hartung takes one of them. Probably John O'Rourke and James Sicily looks like uh, they stamp their place in the in the side over the off-season. Um, Will Langford is one that they'd hoped would um, cement his place this year, but he got a rope burn in a sailing accident over the uh, the off-season. So he's only played one game for Box Hill. How so the far. fuck is that? Like, the old hard-ass Hawks, and you've rope burn sailing. Well, he is from Sydney, and his old man is a, is a lawyer. So he grew up very well. His old man was also a full-back full back fucking legend. But let's say he didn't uh, didn't struggle for dinners most most weeks. So sailing would be the weekend activity of du jour. Do you reckon he's got anyone to talk to about sailing at Hawthorne? Yeah, his little brother, Lockie. That's <laughs> about, about it. it. Um, but into this match, Geelong aren't coming in light either. Um, coming in easy, sorry. Mitch Clark, he's got a calf issue and yeah, don't I know when he's going to be back. Yeah, I think he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, um, same with Cam Delaney, hamstring. And, and then you've got... Um, Nathan Vardy go down or did he actually play? No, he's cool. He's cool. Um, Somebody else went down. Uh, Menegola's out for two to four weeks with a knee. Thurgood. Uh, Thurlow, knee, he's gone for the season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Smith's shoulder, he's out until probably the bye. And then you've got both Selwoods. Um, Scott's out with his foot for two to four weeks. He'll probably still pick up 12 free kicks. But Joel's, um, Joel's playing. He's already said he's playing. Yeah, his foot's a bit iffy, but... Nah, he, you know. he's, he's already said he's lined up. There have to be something bigger than that for Joel Selwood to miss. Bloody earth, he, he bleeds every damn game, so the foot's not going to worry him. So, so the ruck, I think, is where uh, Geelong might catch Hawthorne because mm. uh, they've got McAvoy still, but um, uh, Geelong have got a lot more options up there, including the new Zach Smith um, in there who needs to stamp his authority, otherwise he might be lost to the AFL. Plus, um, Blitzars, Blitzars, uh, yeah, I rate him. I think he's a good player. Uh, Vardy as well. Mm-hmm. Um who I thought was out for a couple of minutes uh, ago. But, geez, it's, it's a tough one to pick. I mean, I'm tipping Hawthorne because I am Hawthorne. Um, but it's it's not going to be 60 points like last year. Do you put Frawley or Gibson on Hawkins? I mean, you kind of have to go Frawley, don't you? That's what he's Absolutely, you go Frawley, 100%. Gibson's a, a runoff player. Hmm. Um, it's more what happens around him um, that is going to be the thing. Um, Frawley this year is, is the sole... Gorilla down back because last year they had Lake and Frawley and if one was getting beat you could swap them around um, or more likely one of them is injured which happened to be Frawley um, so he's got to wear that all year um, he had a great final series where he got dusted up in the first week of finals and then said I want the best uh, forward each week and did his job from then on in yeah so, Danny Frawley rated it as one of the top five players of the year <laughs> why wouldn't he he had, Why six, wouldn't he? he had six players in top five, but you know, whatever. Yeah, three of them were Frawley. <laughs> Pretty much. The other one was himself. But um, look, I think um, we can't underrate Lake being out affecting Frawley. Because Frawley knew that if he went for the ball, Lake was behind him. And yeah. that's just Lake wasn't shy with um, letting players know where he was. No, he and was, that's a backman's job. I mean, that, Lake certainly played his own game whenever he played mm. down back. He, he would um, hunt the ball. Um, but... I'd say the only um, argument against that was Frawley played, I don't know, let's say 13 games last year. Mm. So it's not like he's had six seasons with Lake by his side. No, but having Lake in the side took a lot of pressure off Frawley. Absolutely did. Because um, yeah. you've got a backline general, which now you have to think that probably um, gets diverted to Gibson. Yeah, which, you know, Gibson's um, performed that role before Frawley got there. So that's mm. okay. And you've also got Burgoyne down back. Which yeah, is, this is true. Um, but what it really means, I think it falls more on Ben Stratton to stand up. And mm. he has to become a key position backman. Uh, he's sort of been pinch hitting as a key backman and, again, had a great final series. But he needs to now take the scalps. For example, if uh, Frawley needs a quick sit on the bench, um, Stratton needs to be confident enough to go stand on Hawkins. He's not strong enough, but he can certainly outleap Hawkins, um, yeah. so he's going to have to make some space somehow if he goes for that role. Having said that, though, it's probably more mobile, and Hawkins By has far had, more mobile. Hawkins has had a problem with mobile um, backman. He's had problem touching his toes at times. Oh yeah, he's a buff motherfucker, that's for sure. Um, and he's had back issues. Yeah, there was a time there. It wasn't last season; the year before, he looked awful. Actually, speaking of back issues, another guy who's not going to be playing is Nakia Cockatoo. Yes, um, oh, fuck. suplex, belly to back suplex, and didn't go for the pin. Lazy. That's why. Lazy. I'll tell you, he's been watching a bit too much uh, Pride. Old school Pride. Old school Pride, yeah. Rampage, Rampage. Jackson. 
It's the first thing I think of when you think of slams. Damn right. If he turned up to the game watching with a big fat uh, toe chain around his neck, he'd earn, <laughs> he'd earn respect from me. You could see it too. As soon as he did it, he went, no, I fucked that up. I, I know he, he looked like he was hurt a little bit as well, but he's gone, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Should not have done that. So, back in the day, he'd get away with it. And look, back in the day, he probably would try and knock a bloke out with a tackle. Um, but these days, it's just, no. Like when you look at some of yeah. the, the ones where Tex Walker got a couple of games for a lifting tackle, it was a lot less of a sling than that. Like it was yeah, a, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. There was a whipping motion. But this was a full-on, yeah, it was, I've just dropped you on the back of your fucking head. Your feet are higher than your head. It's, it, it's cut and dry. There was no, the only argument was how many games does he get? I'm surprised he only got two. Was, was it three down well, to two? Three down to two. But Yeah, but two, Look, like you said. Yeah, I thought that's the minimum. When they said three to two, there was no way he was going to challenge nah, it. No, no. Uh, that's one of the ones where if that bloke ends up you know, going to hospital and uh, being bad, that's ten. Yeah. Um, so who, who are you going to pick? So I said, I have to be Hawthorne because I'm Hawthorne. Look, I'm actually, I'm getting a value bet in and going for Geelong. This is my upset of the week. They're absolutely a chance. Um, only because of Dangerfield. Um, Hawthorne had more scoring options. But um, adding Dangerfield into the mix, to me, is, it, it's it's a four-goal difference. Um, He's such a dangerous player. And there were times... He does at, it all. There were times at Adelaide where the game just looked scrappy. Um, and you're like, oh, come on, guys. And then Dangerfield bust through a pack, pick up the ball, kick at 60, run up, keep running, pick up a handball, dob it on the left foot. He he can do that in a, a mediocre side mm. or a middle, mid-table side. Imagine what he can do with a top-four contender. Uh, and a lot of people compare Michael Voss, and I think it's a fair comparison. I think uh, he can be that sort of player. He, he's damn qu- like People forget that he won the, the grand final sprint. sprint. Yeah. What? Twice or three times? Minimum two times in a row. Yeah. Could have been three. And over, you know, you're 50, 60 metres, no one's catching him. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, you want to be coming the other way. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the only chance. I mean, there's maybe a handful of guys in the league that could run him down just because he's got the ball in his hands. I think, uh, I reckon Rioli could catch him in the first 10 metres. Yeah, but yeah. Once I'd... he gets up to speed, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, it's also harder running with a foot in your hands. Um but if he does catch him, Rioli's a great tackle, but oh, Dangerfield's good at shrugging those tackles too. Isn't he? He's I, strong. I really hope we can see that, though. I really want to see Dangerfield running down the wing, open space, and Rioli catch him from behind, just to see who wins that battle. You know, when it comes to rundown uh, tackles, you'd be surprised how many people Burgoyne catches up to. I was going to mention him too. He doesn't look like it. You go, oh, yeah, old man, don't worry about it. And you go, geez, he's coming in from an angle. He's making, he's making ground. He does that intercept well. Like, he runs to where they're going to be. He reads the play better than anyone. Pretty, pretty much anyone going around yeah, at the moment. I, I'd say anyone. Um, so, he may not have the raw leg speed from a, a tail chase, but intercepting, brilliant. And he, that last step where he just leaps at them. Yep. It's like a, a tiger pouncing. Uh, he's, a, he's a fucking champion. Yeah. And uh, he's now qualified for father-son <laughs> under Hawthorne too, so <laughs> take that, Port. How many sons does he have? I think he's got a couple. I don't know. I saw him once uh, at Chatty uh, with his wife and uh, a pram or a stroller, whatever you like to call it. Quite unassuming. But anyway, I, I didn't bother him because why would I? Anyway, um, I'm still tipping Hawthorne, but uh, that's round one. It's a round one preview. Yeah, look, and there's no way either of us is going to pick the card. So speak yeah. for yourself. I've got it nailed. Take it to the bank. Put your house on it. I'll give a personal guarantee. The guarantee is you're a fucking idiot if you put your house on it. <laughs> the, only, the only games I'm confident of, back in West Coast, back in Gold Coast, and probably Richmond. Yes, definitely Richmond. 100% Richmond. <laughs> um, so there is, that's our round one preview done. And uh, I've got to say, the off-season, getting 18 pre-season primers done for all, all the clubs, not a bad effort by us. It's about time we actually followed through with one of those things. Yeah, I mean, it only took uh, three months, four months. Yeah, we knocked off seven in it in one week though. That was that was all right. It d- did turn out that we made a few bad calls. Um, some of them not our fault. Like you know, we did the Essendon one before the saga finished, <laughs> but we can't be blamed for that. I think we were sort of having that conversation. Will they make finals? And then it's like no, no, no. <laughs> um, it would be interesting if anybody went through all eighteen and pointed out the absolute stupid mistakes we made. For example, during the Frio podcast, I said Monday had an ordinary season, made all Australian. But uh, my well, excuse was uh, I'm, I'm mistooking for somebody else. I, I thought it was Payne. 
Mzungu. I thought it was Mzungu or Maine or Sheridan or somebody else. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not bad when you have a, a fair to middling season uh, in Netball Australian. But uh, anyway, these things can happen. But uh, yeah, so if you're looking forward to um, round one and you need uh, more in-depth analysis of your team and their fortunes, go back in the back catalogue, have a look, you know, at uh, at your team's pre-season primer or have a listen to their opponent's pre-season primer and hit us up on Facebook, go to the website, you know, like, rate, review, all that kind of shit. Um, but uh, we'll be doing this every, dropping every Tuesday morning. Yeah, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday we'll do our weekly review of AFL um, as well as whatever else we feel like. Yeah, and if you look, if you've got a business you want to promote, we're more than happy to listen to it. We will sell it in a second. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. <laughs> all right. See you later. See you next Tuesday.